If you ever get the opportunity to talk to groups of people like this and, um, and somebody gets up and talks about everything that you're going to talk about, it is the most exciting thing to experience because you think, oh my goodness me, God, uh, you, this is, <laughs> I am hearing you. It's extraordinary because Kate's hearing God. I'm sure you're hearing God too. And I just want to ask you to pin your ears back this morning to ask God, what do you need me to hear today that will help me navigate these next days and weeks and months where anxiety would stalk me? I want to talk to you about the antidote to anxiety because um, the world is anxious. You know, I, I enjoy listening to what's happening uh, with regard to Brexit and all of that stuff because um, I'm listening all the time. Holy Spirit, where is your voice to our nation? Who are, who are your people that are speaking into the nation? If you're interested in this subject, uh, you couldn't go far wrong by let, uh, let, um, uh, Googling Dr. Patrick Dixon and signing up for his blogs, his podcasts, he is one of the, um, well, seems to me about uh, one of the only people that's listening to God and actually speaking sense into the circumstances that I see. Uh, I'm sure there are other people doing it, but he's the only one I found. And he, he does me good to listen to him because he talks sense. He's a futurologist, uh, but he's a Christian. Futurologist, what's that? It's somebody that actually... Uh, is employed by massive companies. People like uh, Google employ Patrick Dixon. People like Microsoft employ Patrick Dixon. Uh, massive organizations around the world. He's, if you follow him, uh, he's always here, there, and everywhere speaking to corporate bodies about uh, what is going on in the world right now and where is the world going. And... Um, he, he says it like this. He says, uh, I get paid an awful lot of money to tell people where we are. Because he says, they don't know where we are. So if I describe where we are, they think it's the future. But it's not. It's where we are. He says, and where we're going, you can, you can discern if you understand where you are. And most of the problem with the world is they don't know where they are. They know where they've been, but they don't know where they are. They haven't got a, a clear picture of here. And what happens is they see the failures and the pressures and the problems of past experience and they have anxiety in the present and then they, therefore their future is clouded. And so what he does is he just speaks, uh, he speaks Bible to them, but they don't know it's Bible because he speaks spiritual wisdom and uh, fascinating guy to listen to because you see, he has his feet on a rock that doesn't roll. When we are facing anxiety, we need to make sure that we have our feet on a firm foundation. Anxiety comes all the time. It stalks us. And we've got an amazing song that is going around. It's called um, uh, Raise a Hallelujah. It's a phenomenal song. It's an extraordinary song. And it's a song that was birthed out of the most extreme anxiety where a child was near death. And there's a line in the song that says, sing a little louder. 
sing a little louder. And I, I want to say, have you ever had a problem or a pressure where a well-meaning saint has just said to you, Bill, just sing a little louder. It's okay. It's a test from God. You know, don't worry. Just sing a little louder. Pray a little more. Read your Bible a little bit more. And they do these well-meaning, encouraging things. But the problem persists. The problem is there and your faith is getting stretched thin because you're feeling guilty that you've got anxiety. You've got this pressure building up. And these, these super-Christians just seem to get through by singing a little louder. Singing a little louder. Um, let me give you an illustration of, of the principle. Uh, Ellen and I were dealing with a really difficult situation this week. And um, we had to go and visit this uh, person who had turned up in this couple's house. I've got to be really sketchy in how I describe the situation. But as we walked from the car down the path into the ha- to the house, the person that was in the house, that didn't live in the house, that was just that had turned up, uh, exploded, screaming, shouting. She was manifesting a demonic thing. And this dear couple didn't understand what was going on, didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, and it was doing this just because Ellen and I were walking in to deal with this situation. So we began to talk to the person, and um, uh, suddenly, because I, I was, when you go into these situations, what you have to do is you have to, don't, you don't make a judgment. It's not straight away demons, all right? Sometimes it's mental health issues, okay? And that, you've got to be real. And so you're trying to discern all the time. You're saying, Holy Spirit, what am I dealing with here? Is this person just having a, a, a difficult episode, or is there something darker here? And, uh, and this, so I'm asking these questions as I'm, I'm trying to navigate this conversation, and it's very difficult. And then suddenly, something just drops into my spirit. This is not, this is not good. It's dark. And so I change gear, and I just go softer, and I just begin to pray and speak words from God that I'm hearing over this situation. And this, this dear person has to then move her hands from her face to her ears, and she starts making an awful lot of noise so she can't hear me. See, sometimes when... you're told to just sing a little louder, it's trying to drown out the very thing that is a pressure to you. And it doesn't work. It didn't work with this situation. We, we couldn't help this person. They ended up running out of the house and uh, it became very difficult. But you see, sometimes just being told to sing a little louder is like just putting your ears, your hands over your ears and saying, Lord, I hope it will just go away. This person just wanted me and Ellen to go away. And that doesn't work. Faith gets stretched thin when all you're told to do is just sing a little louder. That faith that gets stretched doubles uh, the doubt. Because I'm singing really loud, God, but the anxiety's not going. And you begin to doubt 
yourself. And doubt begins to weasel its way in and anxiety announces its arrival in your circumstances. And suddenly our peace seems to perish like an old rubber band. And we don't know what to do because anxiety is overwhelming us. And I want to talk to you about the antidote. I want to tell you a a couple of stories from the Bible that paint the picture of building anxiety when people are just shouting down God's word. They They can't hear it because fear has got a grip and anxiety is developing in their spirit, in their heart. And, uh, The first story I just want to tell you, it's actually found in Numbers 13, and you can look at it if you want to. It's Numbers 13, it shifts across into Numbers 14 as well, and it's the account of the scouts coming back that had been sent out to scout the promised land. They'd gone to check out what God was doing and where God was sending them, and uh, Moses had encouraged them to go and to find out what this place was like. Oh, I've got Exodus 14, and it should be Numbers. There we go. That's why I couldn't understand what I was looking at. So Moses gives the men instructions. He says, go into the land. I'm going to tell it to you like a story, and then I'm going to dip into the portion of Scripture. He says, go and check, and he finds... uh, a." a serious guy from each of the tribes. So 12 men go and they, they spy out the land and they come back and they give this report and it starts really good. It start, this land is amazing. It's full of incredible stuff. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's a great land. It's a great land. And then they begin to deteriorate in their report because they say, We arrived in the land that you sent us to see, and it was truly magnificent. Uh, But the people living there, they're very powerful. And their cities and towns are fortified, and they're very large. Uh, And we saw descendants of Anak there living there. They they were extraordinary. And the the Amalekites lived in the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites. They live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Their anxiety is building. And then Caleb... Joshua's voices are raised. Yeah, but it's okay. We can take it. But nobody hears it. Nobody hears it. But the other men who had explored the land with the man said, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread discouraging reports about the land among the Israelites. The land we explored will swallow up any who live there. All the people we saw were huge. We were even... Uh, We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. We felt uh, that we felt like grasshoppers next to them, and that's what they—that's what we looked like to them. And I I just got eight little quick points about this. This isn't the main point, but just some things that I learned as I looked at that, dealing with anxiety and how anxiety stalks us, how it creeps into our circumstances, and we need to know the wiles of the enemy. We need to know how he works. You see, and it starts with this. Uh, All these people, both, all 12 of these men saw the same thing, had the same experience. And it's the same with life. All of us have similar experiences. They all saw the same thing. They all experienced the same thing, whether they were people of faith or people of fear. 
They all had the same evidence, but they saw it with different eyes. They had the same evidence, but they gauged it differently. It was their anxiety, their worry, was turning the conversation from positive to negative. (gasps) Beautiful land, beautiful land, full of milk and honey. (gasps) But the cities are fortified, the people are massive. It's really scary, and it'll swallow anybody that goes there. You, you'll just disappear. That's not true. There, and everybody was huge. And there were even giants. They must have been doubly huge. So this, their positivity in the very beginning is very quickly shifting as anxiety gets a grip of them. And it builds a negative story. Anxiety will always build a negative story. Kate was terminal with this back pain. <laughs> Dad, Dad, it's really, I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned. Kate, have a little bit of exercise. Do, do, do that. No, Dad, it's much more serious than that. Exercise won't help. When anxiety begins to get a grip, it builds a negative story. And we need to, we need to be able to discern that's what's happening. We need to be able to stand up and say, whoa, hang on a second. But the problem is anxiety stops us hearing the encouragement of others. Stops us hearing the encouragement of others. Caleb and Joshua, we can take this place, it's okay. Yeah, but they're really huge people. You don't get it. And dissension begins to be sown through a nation from ten men speaking negatively sharing their anxiety, and anxiety blocks people from hearing positive encouragement. It exaggerates and it instills fear in others. It fogs our self-image. We begin to think of ourselves as a grasshopper, even in their sight. You have no idea how they see you. You have no idea what people are thinking about you. I hear it all the time, and people say, (gasps) Oh, what will people think? Who cares? You can't control what they think. You can control what you think. And most of the people aren't thinking at all, let alone thinking about you. They're in their nothing box if they're a man. They're just, ooh. (laughs) Remember the old advert with the driver who had seagulls going around in his head? Some people would maybe remember that if you're really old. (laughs) But... But anxiety fogs our self-image, and it causes others to fail to reach their potential. The whole nation never entered into the promised land, just two. Anxiety stalks all the time. It stalks everybody and anybody, and it affects children of God. But God gives us an antidote. God gives us the antidote, and this is the antidote, and it's seen in Joshua and Caleb. As this story unfolds and it shifts into chapter 14, you'll see for yourself that Aaron and Moses fall down on their faces before God, before the people and before God, and Joshua and Caleb begin to stir the hearts of the people. They go back over the report. They say, um, the land we explored is a wonderful land, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring, it, he will bring us to safety in this land. He'll give it to us. 
It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Do not rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. The Lord is with us. Their focus in this sea of anxiety that kept them stable was, God's with me. God's with us. God's with us. We can do anything when Christ is strengthening us. That's the reality. That's the truth. And that's where you build a platform of peace. Because, you see, Kate read to us that scripture. Uh, I've written it on my notes, but I want to read it out of the, out of the passion. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. You are, you are joined, you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worry about things. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Christ Jesus. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, Beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. He is the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6. He is the Prince of Peace. If you Invite Jesus into your situation and your circumstances, into your anxiety. If you give him your concerns, and you, you start by praying, and you just say, God, help. I'm terrified. I don't know whether I can survive this set of circumstances. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. You know, in our journey here, there have been seasons where the pressure was just unbelievable. Um, I'd struggled to sleep because anxiety was stalking me. And I would find myself in the middle of the night saying, God, can I come home? Can I come home? Because this pressure, I don't know if I can survive this pressure. I don't know if I can cope. I don't know how to get out of this. And then uh, just talking to God, peace comes. I don't have an answer, but then he sends Martin and Sally. And he sends people that don't take the load off you, but get under the load with you. Yeah? And he'll do the same for you. He'll put people around you that have strength, have courage, have giftedness. Oh, this isn't them, by the way. But he'll put people around you because he is the Prince of Peace and he wants to help you establish a foundation of peace. And sometimes you're going to have to have people around you saying, 
Bill, it's okay. Insert your own name. It's okay. Because they have got grace for this circumstance, grace for this situation. They might have experienced what you've experienced, and they can say, listen, this is how I've coped. This is how I've taught my children. I use this book. This book is a great book. It's really helped me deal with teaching my children to deal with anxiety, to deal, to deal with their identity, to help understand. And I've been able to slay giants. You see, the children of Israel were put off moving into the promised land because what they saw were giants. And the their anxiety got the better of them. And they couldn't hear the encouraging words from people around them. See, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give to you isn't the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. Bill Johnson says it really eloquently. He says this. He said, um, peace isn't the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. Peace isn't the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. So you can be in a storm. You can be, you can be in a storm and things are, can be crashing around you. And it doesn't instantaneously stop because you cry out to Jesus. But he steps in and reassures and strengthens by his spirit and gives you the grace and the courage to keep standing. To keep standing. Now, in some situations and circumstances, and there's one recorded in Mark 4, where the disciples have all got in the boat because Jesus says, come on, let's go across the other side of the lake. And they're in the boat, and Jesus has settled down for the evening because it's going to take a bit of time to get across the lake. And he's, he's nabbed the cushion, and, uh, and he's got his head down, and he's having a kip. And the, the other guys are making their way across with the, in this boat, and the storm comes up. And these, some of these, not all of them, but some of these guys are professional sailors, professional um, boat people, and um, their anxiety was through the roof because the boat is getting filled up with water and he's asleep. Where are you? And they, they cry out to him in this, with this anxious cry, don't you care? Don't you care that the boat is going to sink? Don't you care that we're going to drown? And I love the fact that it says, and he woke up. <laughs> he, and they, they're shouting at him, and he's still asleep. But then he wakes up, and he, he's obviously heard them, but he sees their heart, and he sees their anxiety. And so he doesn't just say, oh, now come on, wind, calm down. Waves, just tone it down a bit. He speaks with... Well, actually, he rebukes the wind and the waves. This is the creator of heaven and earth putting wind and waves in its place because the anxiety of the people that were precious to Jesus was overwhelming them. So he speaks to creation in preference. Because what he could have done was he said, guys, let your training kick in. Let your skill rise up. You, you're more than a match for these waves and this wind. You've dealt with this many times. But because he loved them and he, and he understood that their anxiety was overwhelming them, he speaks to creation 
and it obeys him because he loves these men in this boat. And he loves you no less to be able to speak to that storm that is raging around you with his rebuke, his sharp disapproval is how the, the Greek reads. With sharp disapproval, he speaks to that which is causing his beloved disciples anxiety. Peace comes from him for us, enabling us to know him better. See, they had a revelation of who he was in that moment, that even the wind and the waves obey him. They had a deeper revelation in that moment of anxiety. They didn't allow their anxiety to overwhelm them. Their focus was suddenly on this man who could speak to wind and speak to waves, and it did what he said. They had a clearer revelation of who he was. And and I want to say to you that as we navigate anxiety, the antidote to anxiety is a clearer revelation of who Jesus is, because that's where our peace comes from. He is the author and the finisher. He is the one that we don't die until he says, come home. So sickness can't have me. Death can't have me. I might have a challenging journey from here, between here and there. But listen, God's for me, not against me. I'll turn every negative thing that's going on into a positive moment because I'm going to sing a little louder I'm not just going to try and drown out the problem. I'm going to just raise a battle cry. I'm going to raise some praise in this place so that actually I silence the foe in the Avenger because that's what praise does. It shuts him up. When suddenly all that the enemy has tried to snuff out, any, da- any, fa- uh, any faith in you, sowing seeds of doubt, and you choose to say, anxiety, get out of town. I'm going to praise my Jesus. I'm going to give him what is rightfully his. My worship, I'm going to glorify him. And what you're doing is you're making room for one of the evidences of the fruit of the Spirit in your life to surface. Joy. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. But it starts with love. Love. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when your mind is being assaulted, allow joy to rise up and the peace of God to fill you in such a way that anxiety doesn't control you. You see, anxiety is designed to rob. In the parable of the sower, um, Luke 8, I'm not, you don't need to go there, but Luke 8, 14, you remember how some of the seed falls on ground and thorns and thistles grow up? Remember that? And Jesus says, this is like um, cares, riches, and the pleasures of this world rise up and choke out the faith. The word cares is really interesting. It's in the Hebrew, it's just an interesting, it, it means to be distracted. Cares distract. Anxiety distorts your perspective. It's the original word means to divide, to separate from the whole. It means worry or anxiety. 
in other words, it's dividing and fracturing a person's being into parts. That's what it means. That's what that word cares means in Hebrew. To fracture a person into parts. They won't feel themselves. They won't be able to function properly. They won't have clear thought. And all the seeds that God has had sown into their lives, suddenly they can't see the end from the beginning. They're, they're, they're struggling with doubt. They're struggling with understanding. And anxiety robs them of the fruit in their life. That's what Jesus says. So I want to look very quickly at some of the real markers of anxiety uh, that are listed. Uh, this is on a web page where it talks about anxiety. Uh, but I just want to show you, this is just some of the evidence of anxi- evidences of anxiety in people's body, evidences of anxiety in people's minds. But you need to know that 3 million people in the UK, it says, 3 million people in the UK suffer with anxiety. 3 million people. In the USA, it's 40 million. I know it's a bigger country, but 40 million. And it says, uh, research shows that 36.9% of that 40 million get no care, no help with their anxiety. Okay, anxiety is a massive issue. Okay, so we need to be real about anxiety. We need to not just say, oh, I'm just so stupid, I feel anxious. You know, I should be full of peace. No, no, no. Anxiety is real, and it stalks us all. Okay, and it can start with, it can feel as though your your stomach is churning. Uh, It can um, make you feel lightheaded and dizzy. It can give you pins and needles. It can cause you to feel restless and unable to sit still. It can give you headaches and backache. And it can give you other aches and pains. It can cause your breathing to increase in speed. It can cause your heart to be thumping in an irregular way. It can cause you to sweat. It can cause your sleep patterns to be all over the place if anxiety (laughs) is part and parcel of your world. Listen to what it does in the mind. It can cause you to uh, feel tense and nervous. It can cause you to feel like the world is speeding up or slowing down around you. It can feel like other people are looking at you and can see your anxiety. It can feel like you can't stop worrying or that if you do stop worrying, bad things are going to happen. You worry about anxiety itself. It causes people to want lots of reassurance from other people. It causes worry that, um, that people will be angry or upset with you. It causes you to worry that you're losing touch with reality. It causes you to worry about a situation over and over and over and over again. It causes you to worry about uh, what might happen in the future. And these are real patterns, symptoms of anxiety in people. But I want to show you some antidotes that are in Scripture, just very quickly. I'm going to finish in a moment. If you worry about what might happen to you in the future, the Bible says that he knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. So if you've got Jesus and his peace, 
you can say, Jesus, I'm really anxious, but I trust that you know the end from the beginning. So I'm going to lean not on my understanding, I'm going to lean in your understanding. Okay, you worry about the situ- this situation over and over and over again. You can't see how it's going to work, what you're going to do, what's going to happen. And that anxiety has got a grip of you. And the Bible says in Philippians 4, 4 that we've read, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. It's okay. Trust. Don't be anxious. Don't let anxiety get a grip. Recognize it. Take it a grip and say, God, I'm going to give you this. This is my dream. This is my plan. This is my expectation. This is what I'm trying to work towards. So I'm going to trust you. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, that's good. I'm going to trust you. You know, you worry about losing touch with reality. You know, I I don't know which way's up. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to make ends meet. Reality is found in Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.17 tells me. It's found in him. He's my reality. He's the one that I can turn to as who will always watch over me, who will always guide me, who will always lead me. If you're worrying about what people think about you, if they're angry with you or upset with you, Matthew 10, uh, 19 says, don't worry about uh, what you're going to say. Don't worry about how you're going to handle those people. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Trust. Trust. Luke 6 says, what blessing awaits you when people hate you and mock you because you follow me. You're going to have a tough time. Anxiety is going to stalk you like a bad penny. It's going to turn up all the time. But you have to battle it and you have to stand in the peace of God or sit in the peace of God or lay in the peace of God and rest in the peace of God trusting that he's got you, trusting that he will guide you because he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. I want to just read to you Isaiah 46. This room used to be absolutely freezing and now it's blinking boiling. Don't forget this, you guilty ones. Do not forget the things that I've done throughout history, for I am God alone. I alone, sorry. Don't, uh, I am God. I alone. I am God. And there is no one else like me. Only I can tell you what is going to happen, even before it happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. I will call a swift bird of prey from the east and a leader from a distant land, who will come and do my bidding. I have said I would do it, and I will. Listen to me, you stubborn, evil people, for I am ready to set things right, not in the distant future, but right now. And I am ready to save Jerusalem and give my glory to Israel. Here is Jesus speaking to, uh, here is God speaking to a nation that were panicking. They, were in, they had anxiety, and he's saying, listen, I'm God. I'm in charge. I can call a bird of prey if I want to. I can bring a leader if I want to. I'm in charge. Don't worry. Don't worry. And he says the same to you. Don't worry. Jesus says, 
don't worry. I get sick and tired of being told when I'm worrying, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, it drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. But what I want to know is how do I not worry? And I, I learn to stop worrying when I focus, take my worry walk and reorientate it and focus on my Savior. And then I learn to allow the peace that passes understanding to fill my soul. And I don't have to worry. Don't have to worry. Circumstances might not change. Maybe the storm stops. But whatever happens, God's got me. God's got me. I'm his and he is mine. He says, listen, I'm God. Call a bird, call a man, can change a nation. I'm God. So please, when anxiety stalks you, remember to turn to him. Remember to reorientate yourself. Remember to find somebody that will speak life over you, that will stand with you against your anxiety. Bring it into the light. Okay, don't tell everybody your problems or your pressures or your weaknesses. Find somebody that you trust and lean into their friendship as they lean into him. I love the fact that um, when Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, uh, listen, do your best, but follow me as I follow him. Uh, look at my example. Look at my example. He says it several times in several of his letters. Find people that will give you a good example and take your anxiety and share it with them. The old adage, uh, problem shared is a problem halved. Tell you what, if you share it with Christ, it can be neutralized. Okay? But anxiety is real. Okay? Don't feel condemned if you have anxiety. Okay? But there's an antidote, and his name is Jesus. Okay? Because he is the Prince of Peace. Okay? So in our anxious times in this nation in these next four weeks, anxiety is going to be in the press. It's going to be in people that you have a... Uh, conversation with maybe you go down the pub and have a chat with some of your mates and there'll be all sorts of anxiety all over the place and it'll be stalking every single person in our land and we have an antidote we have a hope that is steadfast and certain okay you can be a giant slayer okay the anxieties in this world don't control you okay don't allow them to intimidate you don't allow them to lie to you, okay? Stand up and be all that God has called you to be. So, Father, anxiety is real. And at times uh, I get anxious. At times it's, it's, it can be quite healthy to have a little bit of tension as we push forward. Lord, And I'm not talking about stress. Because stress can be good for us. A little bit of pushing out from where we have been. Stepping up and stepping out of a boat. I'm sure Peter had a raised heartbeat. I'm sure he had, if, it, if he could tell because it was raining, he had sweaty skin. I'm sure his anxiety uh, was quite high. 
in that moment as he stepped, wondering if the water would support his weight. But Father, his focus was on your son, who is our Savior, and he did walk on water. Father, help us to not see that he sank, but to see that he started. And help us to step up and step out of our places of safety, where we would allow the anxiety of the natural world that we live in to keep us in what seems to be a safe place. Help us to explore where you want us to explore. Take us to new levels of faith. Take us to new encounters with your glorious provision. Help us to see your kingdom come in ways that we have not dared to dream. Lord, would you help us in our anxiety to find peace in you? And that our peace would bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen.